you know, we're, we're talking millennia, this, this, um, the story, it's a big story stretching over these millennia, yeah. yet we are a part of it. And it's the same story. It's the same story of God calling people out to be his people in a particular place and time. Hey friends, Mark here. This is 242, a podcast from Buffalo Vineyard Church, where we talk about what it looks like to follow King Jesus together. This is season two, which we've titled, Who Are We? We've been digging into some of the values that define Buffalo Vineyard Church as a community. I'm filling in for Steve this week, and I sat down for a quick conversation with Pastor Gail about our value for discipleship. In our conversation, we revisit the beautiful alliteration from her sermon last week, which was allegiance, attention, affection, and action. We also talk about how discipleship can be an ordinary obedience to God in our everyday lives and our relationships to one another. I don't know about you, but I could sit down and talk with Pastor Gail all day. So I hope this conversation is a blessing to you. All right, so I'm I'm sitting in for Steve today, right? <laughs> it's Mark here. Uh, I'm sitting with Gail, sitting across from from Pastor Gail, um, who just led us in a in a just a fantastic sermon from uh, about about discipleship this last week. Um, and you ended your sermon talking about the idea. I think I believe you attributed attributed it to Eugene Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea of ordinary obedience as it relates to discipleship. And I just wanted to start there, just kind of ask you more about like, what does that mean? What, what is it? What does ordinary obedience mean when Eugene Peterson is talking about that in relationship to discipleship? Yeah, I think it really comes down to um, seeing ourselves as disciples. That's that, It's kind of like the glasses we wear. Everything we see mm-hmm. is filtered through, what does it mean for us to be Jesus' disciple um, in a certain context or a certain um, situation? So, We'd also talked a little bit about, man, what I'd wished I'd talked about in a, in the sermon on Sunday. And and I feel like I owe, I, I don't know, I feel like I owe some of you an apology because, you know, I was on and on about this cultivating quietness and listening to Jesus and paying <laughs> attention to Jesus. And I realize we've got so many folks in our church who are busy parents. And what does it mean for busy parents to be disciples? And I, so I really feel like, man, you all who are raising kids you are disciplers, right? You're teaching your kids what does it mean to be, uh, to, to live the fruit of the spirit. I'm pretty sure as I kind of watch you all raising your kids, you're teaching them to be um, loving and kind and thankful. Uh, so I just want to commend, especially you parents who are raising little disciples, um, but that's your focus. And so if you're a busy parent and you haven't got oodles and oodles of time to sit in quiet and solitude and silence and go for long walks in the woods. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, it does, doesn't it? But it's not reality. So I feel like I might've been no. unrealistic in, in, on Sunday. So just realizing that our, you know, and that, um, the message version, let me just read that again, actually from Romans 12, one and two. Uh, it was Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. Um, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's a great, mm. that's a great summary statement of discipleship. Yeah. So whatever your ordinary life looks like, offer it to God. So there are great resources like um, Tish Harrison Warren's book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, which is fantastic about this. And then the liturgy book is? Every Moment Holy. Every Moment Holy. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a liturgy in there about changing diapers and mm -hmm. just really cool stuff. What I've, so, you know, everyone who, uh, <laughs> those who know me, I'm, I'm one of those <laughs> young parents where there's, it's hard to find time of quiet, right? But I, what I really think is, um, powerful but also just uh i don't know maybe more so than powerful is like like comforting about that idea of like ordinary obedience is it sometimes discipleship when we talk about discipleship we talk about it almost as like another thing you have to do mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like another job yeah or another, another train another train car to add to the train exactly yeah, yeah defining it that way is it's not really talking about that at all mm. right it's mm -hmm. like thinking through like looking at your ordinary tasks, mm -hmm. right? Like the mundane tasks as an opportunity for discipleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I'd use those four keywords, um, allegiance, attention, affection, and action. And I think you can filter, you know, it's, it's, if Jesus comes first, then, you know, the ordinary things of your finances or how you use your time or yeah, it, it becomes the filter you know, this, this love for Jesus, this response, you know, we love because he first loved us. We are disciples because he's called us. He's drawn us to himself. And it's that, that irresistible pursuit of us. And it was like, okay, I'm boy, you know, I'm in Jesus. So then using that, um, as your filter for your everyday life, um, I really feel like that's what discipleship is all about. What does that look like in your life? Could you point to a moment where you said, where you're like, oh yeah, I can see whether it's like you had to learn to look at something in your life, like an ordinary task of your life as discipleship, or maybe something that you felt has always sort of been that for you as like a discipline to remind yourself of that. Can you think of something that would uh, illustrate that? I wonder if for me, especially as an unmarried woman without children, yeah, with a lot of... Um, a lot of margin that you and Amanda and others in our church might not have. I think it really comes down to use of time. Mm. Um, that has been uh, a, a big challenge for me because, you know, over time, uh, even though I've walked with the Lord for 40 years, you know, um, I, I still wrestle with selfishness mm. and, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And so that challenge with how do I spend my time? I mean, I still have really good margins in my life. It's not like I, you know, am serving and ministering 12, 18 hours a day. It's seasonal. I think in our lives, yeah, I think that's what I want to get at too. There's seasons in our lives where discipleship looks different than other seasons. Mm. So your discipleship now as a young father will look different in 40 years. Um so I, I think recognizing the seasonality of our lives and our, and our life circumstances. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think my use of time um, and also, uh, yeah, time, talent, treasure kind of thing, you know, even with my finances. Mm. 
how how does being a disciple of Jesus how how does some as someone whose first allegiance is to Jesus how do I handle my finances where does my money go where yeah where does my money go where does my time go where does my attention go and so kind of what we're talking about too is like that idea of you know being allowing really trying to fo- like find a what's the right way to say it like a mindset really right yeah, it's yeah. like yeah how am i looking to be discipled like you know through like my relationship to god right like my right. relationship to jesus in right. this ordinary moment so yeah. like it's, it's like a mental task right? right to like sort of position yourself it's mindfulness yeah, because right. we're, we're all being discipled whether we realize it or not right you know i think in our country we can look at you know a particular news station that really disciples a lot of folks, you know, in, in our, in our discourse today. So we're being discipled whether we Mm -hmm. recognize it or not, but it's being mindful of um, who or what we're allowing to influence us and um, what we're giving weight to, what we're giving credence to. Mm -hmm. And for, for us as followers of Jesus, it will always be Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer. It's always Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what does Jesus think about this choice? What does, what you know, um, what would most please him? What would most honor him in our everyday choices? So, yeah, I think you, you said something on Sunday. Uh, it struck home for me, and certainly I'm sure it struck home for a ton of people. But uh, even that you said, like the first thing you do when you wake <gasps> up is you start. Oh, what'd you call it? Doom, doom scrolling. scrolling. <laughs> uh, you know, and and I felt so hypocritical. Oh. Uh, you know, I I was just talking to somebody else, and it's just like. If you ever stand up to preach on a Sunday morning and you don't feel like a hypocrite, then you're in trouble. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's if you never not feel like a hypocrite, you're in trouble uh, because I'm because it's, I still struggle with it. Sure. I put it like I said, I put a big frowny face in my notes because it's like it's still the first thing I reach for, let alone to turn off the alarm. But, you know, and then it's like, oh, Let's check, what the happened news. In the, check the news <laughs> and do any emails I need to respond to right away or. Mm. Yeah. So that's a huge challenge. I really I really do feel like technology uh, is a huge challenge to our discipleship. Mm. I mean, even, even if it look like, you know, the path of least resistance always for me after a long, hard day is to go home, put on my pajamas and watch something on Netflix, yep. you know, and, and so our, our watching habits disciple us and yeah, it's, it's a following Jesus is hard, mm. but he told us it would be hard denying yourself you know, in these, you know, in with appropriate boundaries, obviously. Um, but what does it mean to die to yourself? What does it mean to f- focus on others? Yeah. What, it, what does it mean to be servants? Right. Well, the flip side of that is, so it is hard, right? The flip side of that is it also can be just as easy as not doom scrolling for an hour in mm-hmm. the morning, right? It's mm-hmm. like that. that is both, that's difficult because it's like, well, I like doing that, you know? Like there's part of me that, Wow, if I could just sit on the couch and just scroll on my phone for an hour, that sounds great. I know, right? But the flip side of that, and like, I don't, like, oh, maybe, or if that's my habit, I don't really want to give that up. Mm-hmm. That's my me time or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The flip side is, it could be that easy that like all of a sudden, not doing something like that, right? Breaking an ordinary habit like yeah. that and yeah. establishing a, a, a different ordinary habit, right? One that's maybe focusing on, I don't, yeah, just like your relationship with Jesus, right? that can unlock a lot of different possibilities. Yeah. And it, and it, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned habits. It just brings to mind another really powerful book I read, not a Christian book at all, but so 
um, helpful in the discipleship process. It's called Atomic Habits by James mm-hmm. Clear. Um, and, and he just, uh, he talks about these little changes we make over a long period of time have a significant impact in our lives. And, and, and it is these small little things about, mm-hmm. I have an hour to kill or, um, one of the, I, I find it easier to do this. I'll tell you what's easier for me to do than the morning, um, not touching my phone. Um, if I'm at a doctor's appointment or if I'm waiting for something or someone, what I try to do, because you're in a doctor's office, everybody's yeah. on their phones, right? Their heads yeah. are down and they're on their phones. What I try to do is just put my head back and close my eyes and just sit, mm. you know? I find I don't know why I find it easier to do that in doctor's offices than I do at home when I'm alone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that is. Mm. But but it really helps me. It, it just helps me. Like, I'm not going to put anything into my brain. Mm. You know, I'm just going to sit here and close my eyes and wait for the doctor to call me in, you know. It's weird. I don't know why that is. I, I'm a fan of the of the simple practices, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Simple changes over a long period of time. Right. And that's what I wanted to get at, too, Mark, in, in the sermon is, um, you know, discipleship is a long, hard slog. There's Sorry to be talking about all these books, but it's so influential in me. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene mm-hmm. Peterson. Um, uh, I'm sure there's others I could think about, but... Yeah, discipleship is is long and hard at times, and you go through seasons, you go through dark nights of the soul, and you go through times of of real um, frustration with where you're at in life. Um, but then you have those those sweet seasons of of, of uh, just joy with the Lord and uh, great sense of purposefulness in your work, regardless of whether you're a teacher or a banker or an architect. You know, finding your joy in your vocation. Yeah, so it's seasonal. And just think about over the, what what'll help us to be fruitful and faithful over the long haul. Mm-hmm. Well, two questions. Why why do you think it's so hard? Why 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 can it tend to be so hard sometimes? Well, it's a Sisyphean task, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisyphus trying to roll that rock uphill. We are going so countercultural. Our mm-hmm. culture says, "Do what's best for you. Yeah. What live in your truth." You know, uh, what does it mean to love yourself? Oh, uh, I yeah. just, I, I just, I don't know if I cringe or I cry when I, when I hear that stuff. Like one of my favorite artists, oh, I, I probably shouldn't get into this. I don't know. Adele. I love Adele's voice. I've got yeah. her on spot. I just, I love her. But this latest music, you know, that's all about her, you know, leaving her husband to live in her own truth and to love herself. That just is that's our culture. Yeah. And yes, there are situations where marriages need to come to an end. I understand that. But this living in your own truth, I think is so destructive. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you look at Jesus, he doesn't say, here's the truth as I best understand it, and I'm going to communicate it to you. Jesus says, I am the truth. Yeah. If you want to know what truth is, look at me. And then when you look at Jesus and you see compassion and you see love and you see extravagance, like I talked about on Sunday, this pursuit of us and the extent that he would go to to demonstrate his love for us, to give up his very life, you know, but that's not the end of the story. He's got the power over death and he'll come back to life. You know, for me, that truth is so liberating. So when I hear about people, you know, 
of course we have to love ourselves. Jesus said that, love your neighbor as yourself. But when we make ourselves the focus, I think we're in, we're in trouble, you know? Mm. No, I, th- I think that's spot on. And I, I think that, you know, thinking about discipleship as a countercultural act. Swimming is a, is upstream, a man. Swimming upstream. Because it, it's helpful in two, two ways. The first is, I think it acknowledges that it's difficult, right? Absolutely. It's, it's helpful to acknowledge that like it's, it can be awkward and uncomfortable and difficult and cause tension in relationships. Right. The other, I think way it's helpful is that the, the, the countercultural like can be like, I don't, I'm attracted to the countercultural practices of Christianity. Right. So it's like affirming and exciting in that way too. The same way, the same thing that makes it difficult and challenging is the very thing, the, the same things that makes it worth doing. Yeah. And interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, thinking about like, these are what I, what I'm always interested in is thinking through, uh, these, it's an ancient practice, Mm. right? Like these are ancient traditions that we're tapping into of, uh, you know, training each other and relating to one another within a community context, right? That I just think is such a healthy resistance to the, (laughs) to some contemporary tendencies in our culture right now. Yeah. Like what you're talking about of like. Um, I mean, without getting into postmodernism and all of that stuff, right? right? But like, that's we'll what leave it that is. to Steve yes. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is what that is our moment, right? Where it's like every like I I can define everything for myself, and these like sort of ancient rhythms that that Jesus exemplified are really like a healing antidote to mm. that. And that was that's why it was important for me actually to in the sermon to talk right from right from the beginning. You know, we're, we're talking millennia. This, this, um, the story—it's a big story oh, stretching over these millennia. Yeah. Yet we are a part of it, and it's the same story. It's the same story of God calling people out to be His people in a particular place and time. But it was always about Him being King, yeah. Him being Him. Be, you know, our allegiance to Him, and and then being blessed through that to be a blessing to the nations. Yeah. You know, not to hoard the blessing, not to cut ourselves off, not to separate out, but for us to be the yeast in the in the um, society. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean for for us to be a blessing to the west side of Buffalo, to wider Buffalo, and to the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that was something that um, I mean. So I'm in I'm in school, right? I'm mm-hmm. in seminary, mm-hmm. and that was something that we were just working through in one of the courses I took uh, last semester where it's just that, that insight is something that I felt like I was missing in my like understanding Mm -hmm. of the story Mm -hmm. of scripture. It's like, you know, there's to, to even to, to go back to your Adele reference, right? Like, uh, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that Christianity in America has been so sort of infused with that, that cultural of like, it's all just about my relationship with yep. Jesus. Right? Yep, absolutely. And yep. And when you go back and actually like interrogate the story of scripture, it's like not about that at all. That's right. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a part of it, right? Like God wants to like, God wants to bless Abraham yeah. so that Abraham can go bless other people. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yep. That's the story we're in. Yep. And that, that, um, hasn't changed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think uh, the the question is like, what does that actually look like now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And that's where some of these like more practical components of discipleship get worked out. Yeah. Um, 
And that's why uh, the other story I was going to tell on, on Sunday and just leaving out some of the practicalities that I didn't cover. Um, when I was just out of college, so I'd been a Christian maybe four or five years, and I showed up in a new church after college. And and there was this lady at the church, and uh, her name is Roseanne. And I found out she uh, she used to be a nun. Mm. And then she had left the convent and you know, went into a, a social services position. And uh, we were in choir together. I just, I just liked, I mean, just saw something about her like, man, I would like to be like her. So I, you know, uh, went up to her one day, just out of the blue said, um, Roseanne, would you consider discipling me? Like, could we just meet maybe once a week or so and chat? And she considered it and thought about it and came back to me and said, I think I'd like that. So we did. We started meeting the hour before choir and we started with a book, um, cost of discipline. No, the, um, oh my goodness, Richard Foster, celebration of discipline. That's Mm. what it was. Richard Foster. And so we would just read a chapter a week and chat about it. And I learned so much from her. And she, she and I are still good friends uh, to this day, actually. She ended up marrying in her 50s. And awesome. um, they are snowbirds now. They, they're they down in Florida for the winter. And she's still the same deep, loving, gentle, uh, incredible woman of God that I met all those years ago. Let me just tell you, one of the things mm. I learned from her is uh, the discipline of the eyes. And it's mm. something she learned in the convent. And um, yeah, so it's this discipline that if you're in a setting and you hear like an op- a door open behind you or something, you, you don't turn around and look. You just kind of stay focused on the person in front of you or the, mm. um, you know, sermon you're listening to or whatever, but the discipline of the eyes. And um, I, I just attributed that to learning that from Roseanne but also just so many other things along the way from her. So, um, so yeah, the practicalities for us at, as Buffalo Vineyard Church, encouraging those of you listening, um, if there's someone, you know, maybe in your field who's a follower of Jesus or, or not in your field, or, um, but if there's someone you feel like who could help you along the way on those next steps, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I think at Buffalo Vineyard Church, I, one of the most amazing ways we can help disciple each other is through our small groups. And I know for me during the pandemic, we had on Zoom, we started meeting after the service to a bunch of us, whoever wanted to stick around on Zoom. And then that's kind of morphed into a little group we have after church on Sundays. Um, But I think that there's so much discipleship that happens in those smaller things. We can't really depend on just Sundays for our discipleship. The sermon is just such a tiny microcosm of our life together. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're part of Buffalo Vineyard and you're not in a small group, I just really encourage you to to get hooked up somehow and um, be connected in those ways. And I, I really feel like as you spend time together, as we you know hear each other's stories, as we build trust with each other, there's a key context for discipleship, not just the yeah. one-on-one, but in the small groups, just like Jesus did, you know, yep. he had his different um, levels of, of, um, intimacy and, and meeting with people. Um, but, uh, don't underestimate the power of small groups. Yeah. Can I ask you two questions? Sure thing. First. Uh, so like one thing I've noticed about, I think something I I've been trying to navigate through this idea of discipleship is when do you know, when, when are you needing to be discipled by somebody and when are you needing to disciple somebody, right? There's this like tension. There's kind of like this pull in both of those directions. And I, I guess my first question is how did you know when, when that lady walked in and you were like, I, I want to ask her to be discipled. 
how, what, what made you say that? Like what, what made you recognize I, I need to be discipled. I need to be discipled by this person. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure how to answer that directly. Um, but I think, well, you ask when, when, when should you be disciples and discipled and when should you be doing discipleship? Yeah. Um, always. <laughs> I thought you right? might say that. So I was just uh, pulling out, you know, second Timothy two, two, the things you've heard from me and trust to others who will then, te- you know, it's this, it's this constant, um, you know, it's this constant inflow. Sometimes we have this image of, of the Christian life as, you know, we're filled up as a cup and then we pour it out and then the cup comes empty. Oh, we got to fill it up again. Not that image, but the sense of like a fountain, like this, yeah. you know, you know, this, you have the source, the fountainhead, Jesus himself, you know, he pours in and then it's this kind of continual, continual overflow. So not a pouring out, but an overflow. So I feel like we have to have at all times, someone who's influencing us specifically um, for Christian discipleship, and we have to be, have people we're pouring into. Those are two constants that we should be looking yeah, for. Yeah, Seeking so, out if we don't have. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's not formal with Roseanne anymore. It's informally. She she still sends me beautiful emails, you know, like, I'm proud of you, keep going, and keep up the good work, which is great. Um, but for me now, that looks like a spiritual director. Um, and so I, and it's, it's someone I choose who doesn't know me in any other context. It's, it's a relative stranger. Um, but someone who really listens to the Holy spirit, somebody who's really spirit sensitive and somebody who's savvy with people as well. So she can hear what's going on with me. And, and so it's, uh, you know, spiritual director is someone who just walks alongside of us and helps us to notice where God's at work. And, uh, it's not counseling or anything, but um, so for me, in my discipleship right now, that's important to me. And then in my life here in Buffalo, I have several women that I meet with regularly, um, more maybe at this stage of life, more of a mentoring situation than formal discipleship. But those are, there's fuzzy boundaries there between mentoring and discipling, you know, mm-hmm. there, there is a difference, obviously, um, but um but yeah, I just, I love spending time with younger women. I love helping younger women um, live into, live into their identity in Christ. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite scripture verses is Leviticus 20, 26, 13. You know, the Lord says to the people, I'm taking it totally out of context, but you know, <laughs> the Lord says to the people, you know, I've broken the chains that bound, I, I brought you out of Egypt. I broke the chains that bound you and enable you to walk with your heads held high. And so I love doing that with um, younger Christian women, just to enable them to walk with their heads held high in this humble confidence yeah. of who we are in Christ. You know, and I, I think something else for, you know, sometimes for some of us, the next stage in our discipleship might mean um, finding a therapist. Yeah. Or for some of us, it might mean going to the gym. You know, so so not... not um, compartmentalizing our lives, just realizing who we are physically, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. relationally is all wrapped up into one and discipleship, you know, is all wrapped up into that. Yeah. I think that's a great word I'm, and not overcomplicating it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause sometimes I think when we compartmentalize things, we can, that we tend to overcomplicate things that yeah. are, you know, like you're saying, it's related to each other. Yeah. And the thing about discipleship, it's there's, you know, until, until we're, until we're in glory, you know, there's no, like, you don't, you, you know, you're going to end up with an MDiv, right, from yeah. Northeastern. Yeah, in discipleship, you don't, there's no 
finished. There's no, like, you don't get a certificate. Yeah. You know, when we stand before the Lord, that then, you know, I, I but I feel like discipleship is going to carry on even in, you know, on the new earth. We're, you know, it's going to be the um, fulfillment of being his disciples. We get to be with him face to face. Sorry, but I'm waxing on. No, but, um, but you know good. what I mean? So there's no, there's no graduation ceremony in discipleship. It's just this constant growing and good thing, you know? Yeah. We're, we all got something. <laughs> we're all going to, you know, we're all going to be wrestling with something, something, you know, all along the way. And, um, and I, I often say, you know, life is just really hard and we know the creator of the universe. We have, we have access to every resource of the universe through our heavenly father. And yet life is still really hard. Yeah. And in a global pandemic, it's been, you know, exponentially hard. So yeah, discipleship isn't easy. Uh, like I said, it's not a lifelong uh, wedding reception, right? You know, it's not, but it is, it is at times a sweet, joyful journey. Yeah. You know, can I share a kind of a funny story? So yeah. like, you know, I've been working at Buffalo Vineyard for, I guess, like almost three years now, right? Mm-hmm. Started very, very part-time just doing office management, right? Administration, right? Just filling a need. And I would say I entered into this process of like being discipled by Steve, like mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. it actually being articulated as such. It just was started happening, you know? And then it occurred to me, uh, for those of you who know Jay and Ash, right? So I work with them every Sunday. They God they help us them. with the live stream, right? They're two teens. They're one of them. They're one of them. I think actually they're both 15, right? Mm, so they're mm-hmm. like sophomores or juniors in high school, young. Uh, they were connections with Steve. Ash, Ash was a connection at the farm. We got them plugged in just to help us on Sundays on the, with the live stream. And I went through a couple of weeks of just like, they're not showing up on time. And, you know, they're teenagers. And yeah. I, I went, I kind of had this grumbling, like, ah, uh, like, I didn't sign up to lead teens. Like, what is this? And it occurred to me, well, it occurred to me like, you know, if I'm being actually honest, several months into this process, (laughs) where it's like, oh, this is discipleship, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jay and Ash, they're both, they both come to me with these like, really like, we've had just some incredible conversations. Yeah, Yeah. Just like, Hey, I'm struggling with this relationship or Hey, can you just pray for me? I'm really nervous about this thing. Or what a privilege! It's just like wow, that's discipleship. Yeah. Uh, so sure. I sh- I share that because it's like it it might be happening in your life and you're not aware. Absolutely. Of it. And it yeah. might be helpful to just sort of do like an inventory mm. of some of your relationships and be mm. like, hmm, what what of these relationships? Wh- where is that already kind of my role? Right. And I just need to be more intentional. I need to actually like see it for what it is and invest in it in that way with yeah. more intentionality. Yeah. Because it might be there already, right? Mm-hmm. It, like it might not be this, don't hear this pressure, like to go out and make some disciples right, right now. Right, And that's why happening. circling back around to what we started with, you know, like I, I see moms, you know, and dads chasing their kids on a Sunday morning, which I love. Um, I mean, I love the kids, <laughs> but, um, but that, you, you, that's part of your discipleship right now. Sure. You're, you're, you're running after them because you want them to be safe and, and what, you know, so, so recognize that, you know, parents, you are raising disciples yeah. you know, and that's, that's your season. Right yeah. now, and the the parent the parenthood is a helpful thing because you're you're teaching right you're training mm-hmm. but you're also just a, just present mm-hmm. right and so I think I know for myself like when I think of that word discipleship I think of like what you're talking about like school right it's like there's the formal yes yeah. there there's an agenda there is like things we need to accomplish and discipleship might just be being a faithful presence. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I pay attention to lots of things, but I just, one of the things I love, especially 
with moms too, but with dads, like Nathan and Emmanuel were in front of me mm-hmm. during kids time. And then, um, Emmanuel didn't, you know, he didn't move right away to go down to kids time, but, um, he just sat there and Nathan just cuddled him. And I, I lo- yeah. to me, that's such a picture of the father heart of God. Yeah. And so for children to um, have that safety and that security sets the context for them to understand, you know, uh, who our heavenly father is. So I, I love those pictures. Yeah. You know, that's the beautiful side of parenthood, right? I so know then- the hard time is when, yeah, when they're saying <laughs> no. No, no. Well, and I think that can also be an encouragement too, though, yeah. right? It's yeah. like an, af- an affirmation that relationships are complex, Yeah. right? And so it might be that, you know, I like, yeah, my, my, my oldest son Hudson is about to be three and we're in the like, yeah, no, I'm not no, going to do that. Nope. Nope. Like literally just no. Okay. Which I wonder gives you an understanding of maybe how the Lord might feel sometimes oh, sure. when his children say, Oh yeah. You told me to stay away from that tree. Well, I'm going to go to that tree. Don't t- don't touch the stove. It's hot. What does a child want to do? Touch the stove. My tiny brain thinks otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So, yeah. So you're understanding, you know, what does that mean for our creator to have that sense, you know? I don't know. What else? What else about discipleship? Wow, I think that's a lot already. It is. It is. But I just, yeah, I just, again, I told folks, if you don't hear anything, you know, other from me on that, that sermon, it's just, you know, the Lord is just, is pursuing us. There's, there's nothing we can do to, to, to make him love us anymore. And there's nothing we can do to make him love us any less. It's just, I think his love and his pursuit of us is the, um, is, is the context for our discipleship. It's not about doing, it's not about performing, it's not about earning, it's about being his person, being his man or his woman or his boy or his girl, and, and you know, that ordinary obedience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's good. So then as, would you say, like, as a community, right, we would, <clears throat> I think Steve always asked this question uh, for, for these values that we're trying to unpack, right? So for Buffalo Vineyard as a community, Mm-hmm. we'll know we'll be we're accomplishing we're, we're doing discipleship well when what what does that look like i wonder if we we look at how our lives are transformed yeah you know how we how we change as people yeah and how, yeah so i think we can measure the fruitfulness of our discipleship by um the fruit of the spirit are we um are we displaying love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control did i get all of them? Mm-hmm. you know those those that's the fruit you know and i think the other thing too is um jesus said you know they'll know they'll know you're my disciples by your love one for another so can right. can we love each other amidst our differences can we love each other amidst um our different seasons of life, stages of life, economic, you know, um, standing, whatever, all, all the diversity, we can still love each other. Mm. Cause I think that's the power of the gospel is, is that love in the midst of, uh, love in the midst of the differences, Yeah, you know? So I think that's how we'll measure whether we're good disciples through our love for each other and 
and how that transforms us and then how that transforms our communities. Um, Cause we'll make, you know, we'll make a difference in the world if we're being faithful to yeah. what the Lord's called us to blessed, think, blessed to be a blessing, right? right? Not to hoard it, not for us to just roll around in it on, you know, on Sundays in Buffalo Vineyard, but what does it mean for us Monday through Saturday? Yep. I think, I think what you said is spot on the, um, thinking about it as not as a cup being filled up or poured out, but an overflowing, mm-hmm. a really helpful way of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually I, I can share a really, really quick story about that. Dude. Um, years ago, uh, when we first moved to Buffalo, I was working at the Lexington co-op. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I got, I was, you know, just, just doing the daily work, right. Yeah. The team member at the co-op, right. Doing, working at the cash register, doing all the stuff. Right. And so we, ended up, I, I ended up getting, being part of this team that helped open up the, the North Buffalo co-op, mm. right? Like mm. the, the new store. And that was a stressful, stressful time mm. uh, for all the staff, right? Just, everything was so new and we were learning on the fly, getting to know a new community. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was wearing on all of us. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, not going to lie. Like I didn't openly share my faith at, at the grocery store, mm. right? Like I, that's just, wasn't my style. It's not really my style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, and this, uh, friend, he, friend of mine came up to me and said, so it was at the end of a hard day. And he's like, you're, you're a Christian, right? You know, like I, I, I don't, I can tell, I don't know what, and I, we just ended up having like a really nice conversation about that. But like that, that's the overflow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like to think about that, I, I actually just talking with you now has kind of helped me better frame like what that was. Mm. Was he a follower of Jesus as well or? No, not, no. Wow, wow. But, I mean, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of wow, mine. Right? Wow, Right, so like. Um, cool. Cool moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know, even just talking to you now has helped me sort of better frame how that that is even a moment of like discipleship in a way. But Absolutely. like through, through our actions. Right? Yep. Through like the overflow. Yep. And I was be able to overflow because I was a participating member. Like we had just started coming to Buffalo Vineyard, right? I was getting poured into, I was getting to know Matt and the farm, yeah. and just getting to know the community here and was able to just like take that back out into the grind of the grocery store. That's right. Right. And so like thinking about that as a form of discipleship too, it doesn't have to be as formal as, you know, absolutely something that happens on Sunday morning or whatever. Right. So take your, really helpful. What does Peterson say? Take your everyday ordinary walking around life. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Yep, that's what we do. It's radical. It's ordinary and radical and it countercultural, sure yep. but it changes the world. Absolutely, <laughs> for for people that we encounter. Yeah, I, I think that's good stuff, yo. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? No, uh, I talked too much. Already. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, Gail. We'll do this again. You bet. All right. Two Forty Two is a podcast from Buffalo Vineyard Church in Buffalo, New York. Our mission is to teach people the way of King Jesus by regularly encountering God, training each other in the faith, and effectively serving our neighbors. This podcast is just one of the many ways we work to realize this. If you'd like to learn more about who we are or get in touch visit us at buffalovineyard.org. Our theme music is Face to Face from Vineyard Worship. Thank you for listening.